Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arcan, Megan Ottolini here with you until 6 o'clock. We'll be joined in 30 minutes by Jared Weiss at The Athletic. Get his take on the game last night. Celtics with an overtime win over the Golden State Warriors. We continue to react to it with you at 617-779-7937. We'll get to more of your phone calls here in just a moment. Um, Megan, I missed this. I didn't I didn't catch this uh, on TV last night. I don't think it made TV. It did not make did TV. Not make, it didn't make it the cut. Only the... Uh, only the people on the inside, and I guess uh, Nesson posted a video too. <laughs> Thanks, Nesson. Really, uh, really got this. But um, well, you set it up. What what happened here? So Joe Mazzula uh, went to the podium to talk post game. He's the first person out to talk, and this was the first question. And it was just Mazzula's got a little snark, and I like it. I like it. Just just listen to this. Joe, how would you characterize this win? You had. A lot of clutch performances down the stretch, but he also had a lot of sloppy turnovers down the stretch. Yes. How, how, how would you? How would you yes. like? Is this a good win? Is this something that? I mean, is there a bad win? I mean, there there are wins. We did you, say before that if we didn't win, it was the end of the world. So I know. So now that we won, I feel like we. Right, um, but no, I'm just kidding. You, no, right, I know. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeesh. It's so mean. That sounded like our friend John Corrales there. It was, was John Corrales. The, getting the and business they, <laughs> from uh, Joe Mazzula. They were they had a nice little combo I saw after. So it's not, I don't think turnovers there was like, down the stretch. Yes. How, <laughs> I like the There were some turnovers down the Yes. He, he doesn't break eye contact either. Mazzula That's so is uncomfortable. So dry. It's so funny to me. And then when he goes in and said, Well, you said I believe you said like if we lost this game, it's the end of the world, so it must be a good win. Is this a good win? Is this something that... I mean, is it a bad win? <laughs> I mean, there there are wins... We did you... say before that if we didn't win, it was the end of the world, so I know. So now that we won, I feel like we... Right, um, but... No, I'm just kidding. You, no, right, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I know. I, I'm in on the joke. I'm in I get on the it. joke. We're it. having fun here. I get it. It's funny. You're funny. You're funny. I'm funny. We're friends. Everybody's good. I like how he let him pause for a second. And then as soon as Corrales started to go, well, he just jumped right back <laughs> in. <laughs> nah, I just stepped all over him. Um, that was uh, that was interesting. Joe Mazzula, I'll tell you what. Uh, he treated that game like it was an important game. He treated that game not like it was some regular old regular season game. No, no, no. He had a tight bench, uh, only short rotation, and uh, he played a lot of minutes for his guys, even Jalen Brown, I think, played what thirty-eight minutes on one leg. Like he was, he was not a hundred percent, and you could see it from the way he was playing. But they needed him out there. They got what they uh, they got what they were looking for, and uh, coming away with a victory against that team. Listen, I know they're bad on the road. I know Golden State's bad on the road, and I know that it wasn't the prettiest game in the world for Jason Tatum. But you look at those numbers, and you look at the way it all sort of shook out, and you look at another win. That's what good teams do. They win ugly games like that. Were you impressed with Clay Thompson last night? Yes, I was. Okay. I thought Clay Thompson was the best warrior, and I thought he ate up Marcus Smart a few times too. Uh, Marcus Smart, whenever I feel like he had to switch over to uh, to uh, Thompson, Thompson hit a three right in his face. I feel like that happened like at least three or four times. So you know, Marcus Smart's a great defensive player, but everybody's got someone that they have trouble with, and Thompson really gave Smart trouble last night. I want to like Clay Thompson. Like, he seems like a nice guy. He's just starting to bother me. Seems like, like a bit of a goof to me. Like, yeah, uh, I thought he was, like, this big kind of goober, goofy guy, makes fun of himself. All his teammates always talk about how he has, like, the wackiest sense of humor and everything. I was so happy last night when he fouled out. And it because of the way that it happened... Jalen had the sloppiest handle. And Jalen was doing everything at this point. Yep. So I don't say this with, like, 
some of the um, ire that I would usually attach to it. But he's going to the basket. He's got this sloppy, like, first grader dribble going. And, uh, and Clay comes in and tries to, like, take it from him mid-dribble. And then Jalen did this weird thing where the ball got out a little bit, and then he grabbed it and dribbled it again. Yeah. And it was definitely not legal. And they called a foul on Clay. And that's how Clay fouled out. And I don't know if Jalen had said something when it happened. I was too far away. Like, I don't know if he yelped or something. But Clay Thompson started doing this, like, sarcastic clap. <laughs> like, oh, very good acting. He was so pissed off. Real classy. Good job, Boston. Yeah, he was so sarcastic, just like clapping in Jalen, at Jalen, clapping over to the bench. Like the bench coaches were trying to calm him down. I want to like Clay Todd. It's not going to happen for me. I think it's over there. Oh, man. And I, I just, I was kind of. Children in the crowd. Yeah, I was, I was happy to see like for once Jalen's turnover to go that way to where he definitely did something totally illegal, got away with it. Fine. Yeah. Clay Thompson sits. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we'll have to. Uh, Send T's and P's over to Clay Thompson now that he knows that Megan Ottolini's never going to like him. Okay, I mean, people that's that tough. you don't like. Good job, Boston. I want to bring this up because you put this tweet out there last night. Yes, and you got a little backlash. I did. I got a little backlash for it. I thought it was pretty clear what the tweet was about. I tweeted how uh, at the end of the game, Tatum had those two turnovers, and then Jalen Brown hit the big three, and Jalen Brown was having a bad game. So I uh, tweeted out a picture that picture of Brian Windhorst leaning back <laughs> in his chair with the two fingers After up in the air. After he's given his explanation, yeah, and uh, my tea, it was sort of like a fake, you know, Windhorst kind of conspiracy take, which was even when Brown's having a bad game, he still has to save Tatum bacon and crunch time versus the Warriors. Now, why is that? And, that, you know, the why is that was sort of the, the thing there. It wasn't really a serious day. I thought Tatum played a very good How game. How dare you? And I thought that, uh, yeah, obviously Brown had a, hit a big three there, but Tatum actually had more points in the fourth quarter, I think, than Brown did. I think they were close. I think it was like eight and seven, but he actually, you know, he scored a few more points. So it was definitely meant in jest. And people were like, oh, you don't know ball. Oh, what a lazy day. It's like, guys, relax. First of all, stop being such little babies all the time. Every time someone says anything about, you know, like I, there's so many people when you say even something like an ugly win, that was an ugly win. Oh, you don't know basketball. Oh, you're just a casual, like. Shut the bleep up. No, it's anybody who's ever watched the Celtics this year can watch that game last night and understand that what you saw wasn't particularly pretty. No one's saying it doesn't count. No one's saying maybe some other people are. I'm not saying it doesn't count. Uh, it certainly does. And I think that winning games last night the way the Celtics did is indicative of how good they are because that's what really, really good teams do. They miss their shots. They're up against a, a team like the Warriors, a team that they already have sort of a thing with, and they managed to rise above all that and come out with a win anyway. I mean, that's – I don't know what else – I don't know what else you need to How hear. How dare you joke about the NBA? I got to throw flowers How at their feet you? now, too. I can't, you know, no jai. We don't like jokes here now. Can't Why tell jokes. Do that? Like, please. Oh, God. Celtics fans, sneaky can be the most uh, crybaby sneaky? fans. Sneaky can. I feel like Patriots fans, number one. But after that, and I'm a, you know, I'm the biggest Celtics fan as there is. I feel like Celtics fans get about as bitchy and crybabyish as there is, as there is out there. How uh, dare you? It does happen, and it happened last night for sure. Um, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Let's go uh, up to our neighbors to the north up in Halifax. Talk to Chris. What's up, Chris? Actually to the south, but whatever. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Halifax uh, in uh, Nova Scotia, no? Where is Halifax? Just north of Plymouth. Oh, okay. Oh. You're Halifax, Mass. My bad. Anyway, go ahead, Chris. I'm like stuck between Plymouth and uh, Bridgewater. Anyways, T's and P's. So okay. sorry. Currently, <laughs> cur currently, see, currently speaking, uh, Tatum is third in the league in scoring. 
Jalen Brown is 12th in the league in scoring. Guess who has the lowest turnover percentage in, of those 12 players? Mm, I don't Whoa. know. Who does? Jason Tatum. Guess who has the second lowest turnover oh, percentage? I don't know. Of those who has players? the second lowest? Jalen Brown. Oh. So. So? Out of all the who, out of who, Chris? Sorry, Chris. Out of all the, uh, what was the what was the uh, list you just oh, were naming him from? Uh, the top twelve scorers in the NBA. Top Chris, twelve yeah. scorers in the NBA. Okay, uh, Brown and Tatum turn it over the least is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. The only person, the only person with few of those twelve players, the only the only player with as few turnovers as Jalen Brown is Donovan Mitchell. They both hit, both at three point three turnovers a game. All right, thank you, Chris. Okay. I'm glad that you're happy with the number of turnovers last night. I know, I am not. I didn't. I don't. I, I don't know how you watched the game last night. How you watched the finals. How you watched the playoffs last year, and don't think that this team has an issue with turnovers. You can compare these guys individually to a hundred other guys in the league and say, "Hey, we have the bet. We have the top scores here on this team by this ranking, by that ranking, and they don't turn it over as much as person X, as much as Giannis, who has, and, the, right, yeah. who has the freaking ball all game. Like, come on, man. It's not apples to apples. Guess Just, who has the lowest turnover mm, percentage? Who has the lowest percentage? But uh, let me get on the Google machine. Uh, I'm sorry. Watch the freaking game. I don't mean that to be condescending. Like, I understand you want oh, you to defend your guys. You don't sound condescending when you do it. I don't, I don't know why I sit here and I'm saying I can't get mad at Jason Tatum. He's doing everything he can. I can still say that the turnovers look sloppy and reckless and stupid. Like, can you accept that? Of course. And they were. And that's the reason why that game was as close as it was last night. It was because of Jason Tatum, his bad shooting, and the seven turnovers that he had. That's the reason why that game wasn't a more comfortable win for the Celtics. For sure. But let's not act like the turnovers didn't happen. Let's not act like that's not a problem with Jason Tatum when he plays who that has team. The second lowest. I'll tell you who has the second lowest percentage of turnovers out of the top twelve scorers of the National Basketball Association. Yeah, like that's great. Sure. All right. He turns the ball over less than uh, Giannis and I don't know who else and uh, and uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden, James like. Harden, and all those guys. Terrific. Does that is that what we're looking for here? Are we looking for him to to pick it up a little bit and turn it over less than he did last night? I think that's really it. And I also think that that was kind of a one-off. I do agree. I think Jason Tatum this year, for the most part, has taken pretty good care of the ball. I think the Celtics as a team have uh, emphasized that and done better with that this year. That wasn't the case last night. It's worth pointing out, all right? I don't know. I, I feel like Celtics fans just think that this is how it's going to be forever for the rest of the year and that there's not going to be any real adversity and that the Celtics are just going to you know cruise to victory from here on out and I don't know I mean that's that's awfully ambitious that's an ambitious way of looking at this team who for all the success that they've had so far this year we've seen them you know last year they looked unstoppable for the second half of the year up until game four of the NBA finals they didn't look like there was a team out there that belonged on the court with them half the time all right and that sputtered out that thing sputtered out. This thing can sputter out, too. Let's just all get a hold of ourselves. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's the phone number. Uh, here's Ryan Garvin with Trending. We're right back to WEI.
Mikey, I, Christian Arkin, Megan Adelini. We'll be joined by Jared Weiss here in about 10 minutes uh, from The Athletic. Get his take on the Celtics last night. Real quick, uh, there was good amount made of Draymond Green's comments about the Celtics and Celtics fans and how he was, you know, couldn't wait to come see the Boston fans again and, you know, win just like they won in the finals and he was so happy to do it in Boston because we're so bad and da 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 uh, I don't know. I mean, you were there. You were there for player intros. I saw it, uh, a tweet about it. I didn't see it uh, live, obviously, because I wasn't there. Didn't seem like there was that much vitriol. Didn't seem like it was really that uh, that nasty of an environment for the Warriors, for Draymond Green, for anybody. I mean, it wasn't. It seemed pretty tame, all in all. It actually felt like in person, and I, this can always be just like the section that you're in. Felt like there was a healthy amount of Warriors fans there. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like it, it was there. There was definitely a presence. On a, I don't know if these are transplants, you know, PhD students or something from San Francisco. I have no idea. But, yeah, it wasn't – it definitely wasn't as ugly, you know, in, in terms of the booing, the FU chants, all of that that I've seen before. I'm not saying that's, like, a bad thing. It's just – I'm saying saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing for the following reasons. Obviously, chanting uh, swear words in front of kids, fine. I don't love that, but whatever. I don't like the fact that the Warriors walked into Boston last night, and I know that there was a lot of people who hadn't gotten to their seats yet because of the traffic, and maybe that had something to do with it, uh, which is another reason why traffic's killing sports in this city. (laughs) Um, Jalen Brown thinks so. So do I. Uh, But the fact that these guys, these Warriors, who kicked your ass and then kind of rubbed their ass in your face too afterwards. I Ew. mean, they were they they did that was Don't do that. they were really happy to have done that to the Celtics Ugh. and the Celtics and their fans. Smelt. They were all about that. They were uh, who was the wrestler that used to do that? That big Wait, fat guy who hold used on. to. Who this used was to, a wrestling move. Yeah, it was a wrestler. Uh, he was this big fat guy and he used to rub his big fat ass in people's faces. Oh, that would be the great Rikishi. Rikishi. Too. Thank you very much. Yes, Rikishi. They Rikishi the, named <laughs> after the sumo rank. They gave they gave or, the Celtics what they call sumo. the full Rikishi treatment. <laughs> for oh, basically the entire offseason. And now they come back. Now they come back to, to Boston, and it's just, boo, Draymond. We don't like you, Draymond. Boo, Draymond. Like, I understand you don't want to cross lines and you don't want to be uh, over the top. Fine. But is this it? Do the Celtics, are there no rivals left? There's no hatred anymore? The I don't. Takeaway, I don't like this. The most powerful man in this media market is truly John Tomasi. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone read that column. And they were like, can't do it, can't do it, got to be respectful here. And then and then it was golf claps, and Jalon, Jalon, <laughs> Draymond made a three. Jalon! He did silence them with that. I think he, he said something to Missoula on the way back after he sank that three. I don't, he, he definitely had some words for That was for a clutch Missoula. three, that was a clutch three in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I thought that Draymond did not have a good game, though. I thought that defensively, he was getting pushed around by Horford. He got pushed around and dunked on by Robert Williams a bunch. I think the two of them, Horford and Williams combined, had like 20 points when Draymond was guarding him, which you don't see that very often, especially, you know, guys who aren't necessarily high-volume scoring bigs like that. Like, Joel Embiid maybe could do that, or Jokic, or one of the real big star uh, centers, but... Horford and Williams are more complimentary players, and I thought mm-hmm. both of them did a great job offensively on Draymond Green. They were drawing fouls and uh, scoring points, and you don't see it that often. But, I mean, listen, if we don't hate Draymond Green anymore, and we don't hate Kyrie anymore, For and we don't record, hate, like, you know, like what? then what are we what's doing the here? Point? Yeah. Well, I think people still hate Kyrie. I never hated Draymond. Like I, I like Draymond because he's like, 
he's a character. He plays into it. Mm-hmm. And I like having guys like that in the league. As I said yesterday, I, I, the thing is I want to want people to be able to give it back to them. Right. You know? You put it out there, you take it back, and it's fun, and there's villains, and there's heroes, and everything. And that's why one of the great things about the NBA. Don't take that away. Yeah. I, I agree. Draymond and Kyrie were like the Lambeer and Isaiah of uh, of this <laughs> this generation. And now I feel like maybe it's because the Celtics are just too good. But they're not. I mean, they lost to Golden State, and they lost to them earlier this year. I thought the loss in uh, in the Bay Area from, you know, a couple months ago, whenever it was, I thought that would be enough to really build up the hate and the anger and all that for, for Golden State and for Draymond, for everybody Maybe coming in here. Maybe it's just the time of year. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe everyone's feeling a little deflated, you know, after the whole Patriots, the way the Patriots didn't even make the postseason. That People could are be. coming down off the high horse a little bit. Yeah, and everything with the Celtics has been so positive this year that – that's like a negative thing, you know? And this like, is an issue for you that we haven't even touched on because everybody's like, why don't you talk about the Bruins? Bruins win again. Why don't you talk about the Bruins? Okay, the Bruins are great. I'll talk about the Bruins. There's not that much to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there just isn't. There, what do you want me to say? When they, is Pasta going to sign that contract? Sure, that'd be great, you know, if they uh, sign another racist bully to the to the P Bruins, <laughs> then maybe I'll talk about we'll that. We'll probably do two hours then. Sure, but I mean, right now, other than you just run out of ways to say these guys are awesome. These guys are <laughs> kicking ass. This is the best hockey team and I've ever seen what? in my life. They're funny in the locker room, too. Yeah, like this Think- is... Forget, like, the NHS. This is the best hockey team I've ever seen. I've never seen, you know, like, Team Canada. Well, it doesn't uh, matter. Excuse me. Are you besmirching the miracle on ice? Yes. I think these Bruins are better than that team. I do. <laughs> I think they're better than the Whoa, Soviets. They're better back? than Aruzioni. Can, can we isolate? Can we isolate this? Yeah. They're better than the, the Bruins are better than the miracle on ice team. They're better than the 1970s dynasty Montreal Canadiens. They're better than the Rocket Richard Canadiens. They're better than every hockey team I've ever seen. They're winning at an 84% clip right now. That's preposterous. The 77 war, uh, the 77 Canadians were the best hockey team ever. And their uh, percentage, they won 62 games, was like 82%. The, these Bruins right now, 84% is the pace that they're on. That's, that's unheard of. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You sound That's happy about it. The too. best team in the history of the NHL. And eventually you run out of ways to say these guys are really good. <laughs> you know, it's just there's not there's nothing else. There's nothing to critique. What am I supposed to say? How are you supposed to to make an entertaining hockey show right now? I feel bad. Like, there's people. That's all they do. It's just, you know, Bruins. We have to do Bruins content all the time. Thank God we have other teams we can talk about. Because uh, really, I mean, with the Bruins, it's just a love fest. That's it. There's nothing else. There's nothing to say. I really, I can't. I can't even make anything up. The Bruins are just too nasty. Are you concerned about Bergeron's nose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Bergeron took a puck off the face. Back into the game 10 minutes later, and he <laughs> scores a goal, and they win, and they win the next game, too. Uh, they have two goalies who are the best goalies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the, the, nothing. Every single thing this They're new coach does works. the best goalies you've ever seen in your life. Um, right Jeremy now. Jeremy Swayman is the best goalie you've ever seen in Did your life. Did you see him last Lina's night? Allmark no, I didn't. Be. I was at the Celtics game. Uh, Swayman was amazing last night. Panarin, how many times did he stone Panarin in that first period? Uh, and Linus Olmark is odds-on favor for the Vesna. Montgomery's odds-on favor for the uh, uh, coach of the year. I mean, these guys are ridiculous. <laughs> it's hard. It's kind of like I love the Bruins, and I'm happy that they're winning. But for my job, it's frustrating because it's like, what the hell am I supposed to say? <laughs> God, with, you run out, You eventually run out of ways to say these guys are good. Should you know? they 
put Bergeron in load management. <laughs> I mean, I'll talk. We'll talk about him. Seven seven nine seven nine three seven. Sure, put him in load management. They're not still not going to lose any games. You know, they're still not going to lose. They never lose. The Bruins never lose. The Celtics never lose. When they play at the same time, they both win, it seems like, every single time. Every night. It's like, oh, Celtics are on. Bruins are on. Oh, they both won by a lot. <laughs> Jason Tatum had a 51-point game, and then the Bruins win 6 nothing. And, like, last night, same thing. These guys are ridiculous. They're the best hockey team. Not NHL. The best hockey team I've ever seen. How about this? The best sports team you've ever seen in your entire life. The Boston Bruins. I mean, they're close. <laughs> they're getting there. They're right there. It's the Dream That's Team. so ridiculous. 1992, the Dream Team with uh, Jordan and Magic and Pert, and then the Bruins are right under the Dream I Team. I like pushing you into this bit. Listen, this Fred so Marchand only scored three goals in the month of December. I mean, he's completely fallen off. I don't know how they're going to overcome that. Tell you what, he's heating up in January, though. No. <laughs> he really is. Had a couple of really nice He's assists got last night, too. 13 points in nine games. He's been killing it. Uh, oh let's go. God. Let's go to our guest who is joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline. He writes for The Athletic, and he writes about the Celtics. I'm talking, of course, about the great Jared Weiss, uh, who joins us here on the program. Jared, how you doing? Not as well as the Boston Bruins, apparently. No, I mean, no one's doing as well as the Boston Bruins, and uh, not even the Celtics as well as they're doing. Um, big game last night, a big win, certainly not a pretty one. Uh, main takeaway from uh, what we saw last night at TD Garden, Jared. I mean, hideous wins, that's a Celtics classic right there. I think the main takeaway is that no matter how far ahead in first place the Celtics are, it doesn't even matter if the Warriors are a play-in team that just speaks into the playoffs. When these two teams play, this is the best of the best in the NBA. And it was an absolute battle royale. It was, honestly, it was a hideous game. I know people are talking about it being like a, an incredible, riveting, classic of a regular season game, but... These teams were just trying to give it away to each other over and over again. I can't believe, I don't think I've ever seen a team turn it over that many times like the Celtics did in crunch time, where they were just turning it over at the backcourt. Like, forget about plays going wrong. They would just get a rebound, try to make an outlet pass, and they'd get picked off, and they would tumble it away. I've never seen anything like that. The Celtics were once again reminded that no matter how good, no matter how talented they are, the Warriors understand them and can execute a defensive game plan against them at a level that nobody else can. Uh, Jared, so after the game, Joe Missoula said that it was a really fun game, but it wasn't a fun start for Jason Tatum, uh, at least offensively. Came out really cold the first three quarters. Can you find any through line to how he goes from having a 51-point game and then having a shooting performance like he did to start out most of the game last night? Uh, Yeah, that was the Charlotte Hornets. There's your through line right there. Um, the, the the scale between a regular defense and a Warriors playoff defense is, is incalculable. It's a difference between the Boston Bruins and the 92 Dream Team. Like, that's how big the difference is. And, I, I mean, there, so there exactly is definitely the a psychological. <laughs> exactly. Right. So there's no difference. Then. Uh, there is a skill impact between going up against, like, Cody Martin and Andrew Wiggins for Tatum. Draymond Green is lurking, and Draymond Green is just the one defender in the NBA that Tatum can't score on. Like, Tatum can figure it out against Wiggins. Wiggins does an amazing job against him. But Draymond just stops him everywhere he goes. He could not find rhythm. Uh, His shot wasn't falling, and that happens from time to time. And usually he can make up for it by getting to the line a bunch of times or just finding a way to bully a matchup into the paint and get to a shot he likes. But the Warriors don't ever give him – 
a part of the game where he can find his rhythm. And so he just doesn't really have a chance to find his rhythm throughout the game. But credit to Joe, like Joe created some kind of newer actions in crunch time on a few of the plays that they usually run that were kind of slightly different wrinkles to what we usually see. And it threw off the Warriors just enough that Tatum was actually able to finally start scoring at the end of the game when he wasn't turning the ball over. Jared, we're far enough into the season now that I think we can all agree that this is the way it's going to be. Big minutes for Jalen Brown, even coming off of an injury. Jason Tatum played 48 minutes in that game. Um, Load management, I think you could probably scratch that right off here, but is Joe Mazzula going to continue, you think, uh, now that we're getting to the more important part of the year, is he going to keep with these minutes? I mean, if Jason Tatum is playing 48 minutes a game, that might not be sustainable. Right. <laughs> I've been pretty concerned. Um, you know, like, I remember uh, when he took that game off to do his son's birthday party, people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they gave him a night, a day off for his son's birthday party. So what it was, was it was a rest game. That was his load management day. They let him take the whole weekend to go do that, which, like, isn't, you know, it's definitely a little bit out of character for a rest day. But sprinkling in rest days for Tatum, and they absolutely have to because – like, Tatum should be playing about 34 minutes a game, but he's a few above that. They've been pushing him. There's been a lot of games where he's crossing to the 40-minute range, and I, I think that's okay earlier in the year. I think it's really honestly towards this part of the season before you get the all-star break and you get a little bit of time to recover where they start to really feel the need for load management. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start doing that here. I mean, they're, they're visiting Orlando and then have Miami the second night and back-to-back. I wouldn't be, I'm not reporting this, but I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked if some of these guys got a break in those games. Obviously, we know Rob Williams and Al Horford will probably split those two games. Um, but so, yeah, Tatum, like, we, we know what the issue was with him last year in the playoffs. It wasn't talent. It wasn't that he wasn't ready. Those were part of it, but it was that he was tired and he was also hurt. He had a wrist injury, but he was losing. I remember hearing about him losing legs by the time the Miami series was starting. So when it got to Golden State and Golden State executed the perfect game plan against them, he just didn't stand a chance. So they, you know, they're great. They're in first place by a mile right now. They have plenty of breathing room to let Tatum and Brown get some rest in. Brown obviously has been resting because he was injured. Tatum, he definitely needs a few days off sprinkled in here over the next month or so. We're talking to Jared Weiss of The Athletics. So, Jared, we're, we were talking about the turnovers last night and some of the really boneheaded turnovers that we saw the stars on this team make. Is that just kind of who these guys are now? Like, at this point, we've seen them reach such sky-high heights of basketball, are we just going to have to learn to live with these silly turnovers at times? I mean, I, I think that that's what happens with everybody. I mean, Steph Curry has crazy turnover nights all the time, and that's honestly a part of his play style is that he takes huge risks all the time, and they don't work out. And, I mean, Steph Curry, he had he took over the game at times, and he still finished with, I think it was less than 30 points, right? So it wasn't like he completely dominated. When you're a star player, it's about – you have to make a ton of decisions throughout the game, and you're trying to generally make the right one. You're not trying to make an incredible move every single time, but steadily making the right plays that it builds up to a big aggregate performance. I think Tatum has been great at that this year. His turnover numbers are pretty solid. Smart and Jalen Brown, they turn it over a good amount for different reasons. I mean, Smart because he's a, a super aggressive passer and makes a lot of daring plays, also makes a lot of silly plays. But his turnovers have been a lot better this year uh, than they have in the past, and his assist numbers have been up. And then Jalen, Jalen just gets into these modes sometimes where he wants to dribble through the entire defense, and he gets into like a creative hesitation move, 
and it gets deflected, and then he dribbles it off of his knee. And then, to his credit, he usually dives on the floor and recovers it. So his his uh, loose balls don't always turn into turnovers, but he does it enough that he still racks up turnovers. So I think Jalen right there, I guess this season, he's the only player that I think has been a major turnover concern, but it's been consistent with his career. So if you're talking about learning to live with it, maybe Jalen is the one guy where that's the case. But I think Tatum and Smart have been probably having their best seasons as far as taking care of the ball. Jared, do any other teams in the East scare you? Uh, yes, Brooklyn and Milwaukee have the potential to be fearful. They have the potential to be as good as Boston. Boston, I think, because of health and because of their depth at the top of their rotation, has been able to sustain throughout the season more consistently, while Brooklyn and Milwaukee have really had health issues that have hurt them throughout the year. But those two teams, when they're fully healthy, are able to get to the level that Boston's able to get to. And then there's a couple teams behind them that clearly have that potential, but I still think Milwaukee and Brooklyn have the talent, have the star talent, have a good complementary core around them that they definitely can beat the Celtics in a playoff series. Notice you didn't say the Sixers or the Heat. I I would say that the, the Sixers and the Cavs are on that tier right below those two teams. And then we all know Miami is always capable of getting there. But, like, also during the regular season, Miami only has, like, two starters available at night. So it's True. always hard to gauge them in the regular season. Uh, Jared, how would you grade out the Celtics bench in terms of the guys who were in the rotation last night? Then you have Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams, Derek White. Where do you feel like the team is with that group of guys? The top eight rotation, which is what your rotation generally is in the playoffs, they're the best in the league, right? I mean, it's not a shocker. They're the they're first place. But their core, their bench core, you have three guys that would be starting on a good amount of teams in the NBA probably. Um, and and they, they're versatile. Like, that's what's great about it. Is Derek White can play three different roles for you. Grant Williams can play three different positions for you. He can guard wings. He can guard bigs when he has to. He can be a rebounder. He can be a force facer. And then we know what Brogdon is. You know, Brogdon has played, uh, he's played with blinders on a lot this year. And he's made a lot of, he's had some games where he's taken a lot of bad shots, uh, last night included. But he also could completely win you a game whenever he wants to. So, uh, and his defense hasn't quite been where it's been in the past. I wonder if that's going to pick up as the year goes on. But they've got three really good players there. And when he gets to the playoffs, it's not going to come. I've had a few people tell me this over the last week, and I completely agree with it, that winning a playoff series is not going to come down to your ninth man. And, you know, right now this team is searching for a ninth man that they can really rely on to not get, uh, to not be a vulnerability point in a playoff series. And maybe that does happen, but those guys will be played like six minutes a game in the playoffs. You're usually not going to make or break a playoff series in those minutes. So I think that they're in a fine position with their, with their roster right now. They don't have to make moves. If they could use a second-round pick to pick up another solid rotation piece that plugs one of the small holes that they have in a rotation, that makes sense. But making a bigger trade and using a first-round pick for it, it's not necessary because they just did that in 2022. They acquired two great bench players with first-round picks to already build a pretty complete bench. All right, we'll leave it right there then. Jared Weiss, thanks so much for the time today. Uh, You can check him out on Twitter at Jared Weiss NBA. You're in Toronto now, yes? Uh, yeah, I'm staring at the CN Tower right now. Enjoy Toronto and enjoy Florida, which is where you're going right after this. And I'm very jealous of you for that because it's snowing here now. So uh, enjoy <laughs> uh, enjoy the rest of the road trip, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm looking at snow. I cannot wait to see palm trees. <laughs> very good. That's Jared Weiss of The Athletic joining us here on the program. Thanks, uh, great Jared. stuff as always. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break, and we're right back.
at Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it on WEEI. Natalini, want to say thanks again to Jared Weiss at The Athletic for joining us there in that last segment. Um, we're going to get to the Patriots here in just a few minutes. Uh, Burt Breer had some interesting thoughts on NBC Sports Boston last night that we will get to. We'll preview the division round, too, as uh, we got football coming up this weekend. Very, very exciting. But real quick, uh, there was an exchange you may have missed in the TNT broadcast last night. It was Stan Van Gundy. And, uh, well, the exchange actually was between Stan Van Gundy and Kevin Durant, and they brought it up in the broadcast last night because Van Gundy was the uh, was doing uh, color commentary. And the whole thing started with Van Gundy making a comment about players. Uh, it was sort of about um, load management, right? Yeah, he, it was, yeah. So he tweeted, uh, this is Stan Van Gundy, 90s NBA teams had uh, just a trainer and strength coach. They practiced more often and harder and played more back-to-backs. Teams now have huge medical and performance staffs and value rest over practice, yet injuries and games missed are way up. Something's not working, to which Kevin Durant responded, Stan Spitten. And that's where this whole report from uh, Chris Haynes came from on the broadcast yeah. last night. So it was a funny Twitter exchange that happened a few days ago. Maybe it was yesterday. Featuring our guy Stan Van Gundy. He was basically criticizing the way the medical resources of the past was limited for NBA teams. But yet, players still played back-to-backs. Kevin Durant weighed in, replied, said Stan is spitting. Stan Van Gundy saw it, and he responded, no. I'm not criticizing. Well, I know players. I'm not spitting. I'm saying actually. that we need to get something right. It's, everything is wrong. What's going on with the way we train players? Kevin Durant came back in and said, "Stan, I agree with you." Laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> then Felipe jumped in and explained. Hang on, spitting. Who's Felipe? <laughs> where did where Felipe come Felipe from? Felipe just just came out of nowhere and had to, to weigh in on Kevin that. Durant's talking and Stan Van Gundy's responding and then now here's Felipe like wait who's Felipe? Um, I like that. Uh, and explain. Stan, spitting means you're speaking facts, Stan. Uh, yeah, they Stan's had no response. I had no idea. <laughs> I did have no idea, Chris. Look, my defense is I'm old, really, really old. He is pretty old. Stan Van Gundy, old guy. Um. Yeah, when someone's spitting, they're spitting facts. Like they're they're spit. This guy's. I agree with what this guy's saying, and that's what he was saying. Thanks but for the definition. Stan's like, I I was not spitting. I didn't spit. He was so <laughs> wholesome. Like it warmed my heart to see that. Um, are there? Uh, and Kevin Durant's no, no, no. I'm with you. I, just, I am with you on this, Stan. I'm with you, man. Durant goes, Stan's spitting, and then Stan Van Gundy goes, No, I'm not criticizing players. I'm saying that we are getting something wrong in how we prepare and train players. We can't do anything about injuries like yours. He fell on your leg, but all of these groin, hamstring injuries, etc., shouldn't be happening as much as okay. they are. And Durant's like, Stan. I agree with you. I am <laughs> I know, so Stan. with you. Spitting means I am with you. It That's made me. It actually waited. made me think of. The conversation we had with Brian Scalabrini the other day where we were talking about how Tatum joked that he was going to have to fight with uh, Brad Stevens about his hurt fingers and maybe missing time for that. And he was like, well, there's, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 sports science. (laughs) I don't know if you'd even call them doctors, but like professionals who are deciding on everybody's availability. Do you think a doctor would be happy if those guys were called doctors? No, I don't think so. Doctors usually, doctors have a problem with like somebody who's a doctor of anthropology because they have a PhD being called doctor. Yeah. They They don't don't like like uh, Dr. Dre. 
or you know, Doctor J, any any of the fake doctors, not not cool with that. Doctors are very touchy about that stuff. Like, great, you went to school for a long time, good for you. Um, anyway, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Yeah, I have a problem oh, with I'm them sorry, being all snooty. That's great. Save all the lives you want. Children. That doesn't mean you get to be all uppity about it I when think someone it actually is, does. No, I actually don't think so. You can be a doctor and be cool about it instead of being like, hey, you can't call yourself a doctor. I'm a doctor. Not uh, all doctors. Not all doctors. Sure. My Same dad like, was like that. He never once. My mother would always correct. No, no, no. It's not Mister. It's Doctor. My dad's like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> call how me I what feel. you want, right? I don't. I don't like it when people start telling you. Got to call me this. You got to call me Doctor. Like, Look, my defense is I'm old. <laughs> I don't have to call you Doctor. I don't even know you. I'll call my doctor Doctor. Some random guy just I'm oh, yeah. I'm, I'm you Doctor. Call, you don't just say Doctor like, Fred. Hey, Larry. Like, no. <laughs> Where do Doc Rivers go to medical school? Come yeah, on. That's right. That's Pretty sure he's not even a doctor. Call him Glenn. Um, have you been hit by a, uh, a a phrase or a comment like that and you didn't know what it meant and you ended up looking stupid? Like, that's definitely happened to me. Um, I'm definitely at the point now where that happens to me. I can't think at the, like, top, off the top of my head of one where I've been so embarrassed that I didn't know it. I got one. What is it? No cap. No cap. No cap. First time I saw no cap, I was like, what the hell does this mean? And it's not even, it's not even no cap spelled out. It's no blue hat emoji and then i went into like the genesis of this and it somehow tied into uh hey arnold which was a cartoon show which was on when i was a kid that's where it came from apparently i think that's where it came from if we go to the the uh great resource that is urbandictionary.com i think they have the the genesis of no cap but i mean i grew up with that show i don't understand why i don't know this but i know the first time i saw it i'm like i don't understand what this means apparently it means i'm not lying i think yeah i'm probably more guilty of just saying stuff that's really outdated you know, yeah. like that, where I probably sound like an, in, an extreme nerd to people who are in their early 20s or teens, the teens, but everybody sounds like a nerd to the teens. So I don't, I'm not self conscious. I'll tell Is you there when, something that, like TikTok language that you don't know. Well, I don't know anything on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I, I refuse to get on now, and eventually it's going to get banned. So it doesn't matter anyway. But I remember when like drip became a thing. Everyone started talking about drip, and I was like, what? <laughs> what's, what's that? Well, there's drip, and then there's fit, <laughs> the, and they're different. Right. The fit and the drip are two different things, but I remember like people were just, ah, oh, look at the drip. Oh. Wow, check out the drip, and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm looking for. You know what I didn't <laughs> know what it was? What was? Mm-hmm. Simp. Simp. Someone was talking about simping. I still don't understand And I didn't know what it, what it means. It means that you're like just <laughs> A lot of your Twitter followers. Like groveling to someone. No, Basically, yes. I have something that's the opposite. I don't know what that is. You have lots of simps. Come on. I've, Not a, I've been no. caught in the crossfire of your mentions a before. And there are simps in there. There are 100% Simpsons there. If, assuming I'm Simpsons there? The Simpsons are there, <laughs> There's yes. a lot of Simpsons gifts. I like Crossfire. <laughs> I know I'm uh, old, too, but I know what Simps are, and uh, you got Simps. I'm My sorry. My is, is vibing. <laughs> I don't like the vibe thing. I'm over the vibe thing. I did. I made a list of this. You're over chill with, vibes? Yeah, I made chill a list of this only. with Mike, like, a year ago of phrases that I don't want to be. It's just like Instagram language to me is mm. what it is. Like, vibes only. Or vibin, or like big yikes, or what's the one that I keep seeing right now? It's giving. Mm, yeah, girl, what is that? It's giving blank. Means like that's the that's the this this conversation is stupid. I don't want to have this conversation anymore because I hate this language so much. I'm just gonna play this for all of us. I don't know what the kids like. I don't understand them anymore. Everyone started saying low key and high key all the time. That's that, high key that something. A, that's that low was a key. Long time yeah. ago. This is high key stupid. You're low key dumb. Like you know what I mean? Like that was that became a big thing. 
But I got that. I feel like, like I, I still I, that say, never like went over my head. Like I didn't understand it. You know, I like, still say on the DL. <laughs> <laughs> like, on the hey, keep this on the DL. Keep it on the DL, guys. This is on the down low. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Stan Van Gundy. Megan Ottolini, Christian Arcan, old and out of touch. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Really, really old. Yeah. Let's uh, take a quick call here. John is in Lynn. John, go ahead. John! Hey, how you doing? Hi. Hi. I like the new show. I do miss Lou. Do I miss Lou. Lou, too. Gonna admit that. But, Megan, I just want to give you a little advice. I listen to Mr. Jones and Arcan at night, okay. and I don't want to hear uh, stumbling all over you during the new show. <laughs> I want to see you get your two cents in worth there. Nope, not going to happen, John. Sorry. Okay. The right. woman will not be allowed to. Speak. I tried. <laughs> Thanks, John. We had a we had a uh, meeting guess- today, and we decided that we're not going to let Megan talk, and that's just the way the uh, new show is going to be. It's uh, it's a decision we all made. We all think it's uh, it's best for. I think everyone. it'll work. I think it will. I think too. it'll work better. Um, so thanks for the uh, call, John. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's cap. your phone number. No cap. No cap. She's not, she's not Was that talk. a simp? Um, that was 100% he's a simp. Hard. Yes, it was. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, hear from Albert Breer. My and dog is such a simp. He's definitely a simp. And There's we'll get to the uh, division round. We've got some football coming up. No Patriots or anything, but we'll talk about the teams that are playing. Wait, that's all coming up. We are going to talk a little Patriots. Just yeah, but not in the division round. Oh, uh, that's okay. all coming up next.